Hello! So my name is Johnny, and welcome to Hello Hockey. We also have... Hello! I'm Michael, and welcome to Hello Hockey! Let's talk hockey! Alright, so the first topic that we're going to talk in our little hockey podcast here is our general thoughts of the upcoming 2020-21 NHL season. So Michael... What are some of your thoughts of uh, this upcoming shortened 56-game season? Well, uh, Johnny, I think for me the, the two big storylines are going to be watching the role that COVID will play in disrupting schedules. So as we get to uh, near the end of training camps here, we're already starting to see teams that have been forced to uh, you know, shut down their facilities temporarily and, and stop with their training. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be interesting to watch as the season goes on, particularly because it's such a condensed schedule uh, within a very relatively short time frame. And the other thing I'm going to be very interested to watch is the, uh, the starts that teams have. I mean, slow starts are always bad, uh, bad as we know, uh, historically, but in the constraints of a 56-game season, uh, I think they're going to be even more amplified, and you may see a situation where if a team loses four or five out of the gate they may for all intents and purposes be sellers at that point so i think it'll be interesting to see who has good starts who has bad starts and whether any of the bad starts can uh you know get themselves back into it yeah i mean i I think you're definitely right like in an 82 game season you can sort of slump your way through october and then sort of recover um but in this shortened season that if a team decides to take a few nights off it's gonna really It's not going to be good. But yeah, and I agree for me, the two big storylines is kind of the role for COVID. And I really am curious to see like 56 games in the time frame that they have is definitely going to be kind of a race to the finish. I'm curious to see if the NHL allotted enough time for like probable makeup games. We're already seeing like the Dallas Stars, they're going to start later than the other 30 teams in the league. And I'm curious, like, will every single team get 56 games in? Um, or are they going to delay the play? I just hope that the season goes on ahead without too many hiccups. And then for me, the other big storyline is to see the role of the taxi squad on each team and how teams are going to sort of um, deal with with that. Like, are they going to put in more veteran kind of AHL players? Or are they going to put guys that maybe they're a year or two away from making it to the NHL but then on the flip side if they do that then it's going to really harm their development and I guess really I'm curious to see how much of a role the taxi squad is going to play for teams but that perhaps is COVID dependent and time time will tell it's a crazy world well I, I definitely don't disagree with you on the taxi squad issue I, I think they're actually going to be quite prominent um, so that will be an interesting storyline to watch all right so living in Canada we'll probably want to talk about all the Canadian teams. So looking at that North Division, I guess, starting out on the West Coast, what are your thoughts about the Vancouver Canucks as we get close to opening the season? Yeah, and I think what we'll do in this episode is we'll just walk through all the Canadian teams and then perhaps at the end we'll kind of rank them um, where we think they'll finish and then we'll give some thoughts of other storylines that we're going to follow. But um, yeah, looking at the Canucks... They're a team that this past offseason, for me, the big sort of um, storyline for them will be, did they 
subtract too much and are there young guns going to be able to perform because we've seen glimpses of brock besser elias Pedersen, uh quinn hughes all of them look good but will they be able to take that next step i'm not too sure and i think losing jacob markstrom is going to be a big big deal for them i think losing tyler to is going to be big um i'm not sure if the canucks really added enough to their roster i think they they perhaps lost too much what do you think about the canucks of the kind of the main storyline of can the youth continue their emergence but I don't think that can, the Canucks actually are all that much worse off um, than they were at the end of the last the last season obviously they did lose some big pieces in free agency but you know Thatcher Demko showed last year in the playoffs that he is on the on, on his way up and he may already be there and if he isn't you know Braden Holby will be a should be if he stays healthy a dependable 1A to pair up with Demko you know, I, I think losing Markstrom, I mean, there is a loss between Markstrom and Holby. I don't know if anyone would really dispute that, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to be as adversely affected as a lot of people think by some of the players they lost. I would argue Hanif and Tamanek, sorry, Hamanek and Tanev are, are essentially, you know, replacements for each other. They lost a little bit more depth on the, you know, at the back part of their back end, but It'll be up to the young guys like Ole Olovi to finally show that they can play and perform at this level. Um, the the one loss that I think may be bigger than all the others actually is Tyler Toffoli, just because they don't necessarily have a clear cut replacement for him, and also with Furlan's retirement um, due to injury, you know those are those are places where you know I, I can see depth being a bit of an issue for him. But overall, I think they'll be I think they'll be all right, and I think they'll be competitive. Um, I think the one thing that I'll just add is with Demko, yes, he was good in the playoffs in this bubble um, season last year, but I just sort of have a bit of a reservation that we've seen goalies like, you know, Andrew Hammond came in and was really good, and now who knows where he is. So that, That's fair, but I, mean, if you, I think there's a pretty big distinction between a guy like the Hamburglar and someone like Thatcher Demko. I think Demko's a little bit more in the line of a uh, Carter Hart in terms of a comparable. Yeah, I mean Jordan Bennington, even though Bennington came around a lot later, but I, I think there's a much more clear upward trajectory with Demko than there would be with someone like Andrew Hammond. I hope so, but um, time will tell. All right. So, well, moving on east, let's. Uh, what about the Oilers? What do you think of them? So I, I think the Oilers are going to be one of the most interesting teams in hockey to follow this year. Uh, they've got, I, I think Ken Holland made some GM of the year type moves with their, their forward group. I think getting Kyle Turris is going to solve the issue they've had for third line center for uh, the last few years. I, I, I think with Turris, you're really getting arguably a top six forward, although he's had a couple off years, but I, I think he can still rebound and, and play at that high level, right shooting center. He solves a lot of problems, and I think they did a good job getting some additional depth pieces that's going to that balance that offense out. And Tyson Berry quarterbacking the power play will, should make it even more dynamic than it already is. But for me, the Oilers, the big story is going to be um, that sort of uh, dynamic offense versus what they've got on the back end, both on their defense and, and with their goaltending. Um, you know, Tyson yeah. Berry should be a very good offensive defenseman, but he's not... Uh, what you would want as your number one defenseman. They've lost Clefbaum for the season. 
they've got two really young studs coming up, and uh, but it, it's hard to say whether they're going to be able to uh, rise to the level that that team needs this year. And then I also I, I, I just look at that goaltending tandem, and I, I think that there's huge question marks with them. They've certainly got the capacity to play at a high level, but they've also each shown in their own right uh, a propensity to, to fall apart at key times. Yeah, yeah, I think you're completely right. Um, I think their offense, they really addressed depth scoring quite well in getting guys like Kyle Turris, uh, Pugliarvi, um, bringing back Tyler Ennis. Yamamoto has developed quite well, albeit, you know, it's kind of easy to just put your stick down and have a backboard for someone like McDavid and Dreisaitl. But I do think their offense is... It's going to be one of the best offenses in the North Division. But, yeah, losing Clefbaum, he's been a, probably their best defenseman for the last five years in my mind. And I just don't think that the you know combination of Nurse, Larson, Russell, and Tyson Berry um, is really good enough. Like Ethan Bear, he's sort of developing into something that could be good maybe in a few years. And, yeah, their goaltending, in my mind, is just one of the worst in this division so it really is like will they score enough or will they be scored on too much and uh i think the last point i'll say about the oilers is they do have the best player in the world on their team so that obviously does help i think that they will be a good team in this division solely because of mcdavid and Dreisaitl. but i don't know there's a lot of problems on this team that i kind of wish ken holland addressed in the offseason I'll say this, I think Bear's much closer to being a top four defenseman. Uh, I, I, I think he's probably already there. I, I think he's got some ceiling ahead of him as well, and he'll probably continue to develop. And then I, I think one of the big questions for the Oilers will be whether their young defensive prospects can step up. And if that's the case, then I think they'll be better than I project them to be. But that's certainly, the for me, the, the big uh, question, right? Can, like you said, can they outscore their defensive goaltending? Yeah. So if we drive down the QE2 and get ourselves to, to Calgary, what are your thoughts on the Flames as we get ready to open this season? Well, I think the Flames are probably the most balanced team in this division in that they have like a good offense, a good defense, and now they have like good or better than good goaltending. Really, the storyline for the Flames is, I think, can they figure it out themselves? Because they have shown moments of brilliance for the last few seasons where they look really good in the regular season for like a stretch of, say, 7 to 10 games, and then they look absolutely horrible. Usually around playoff time, they somehow manage to either get swept or lose in five games. Like, look, they have decent scoring options in Kachuk, Goudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm. Um, their defense, I think they have a pretty solid top four. And I think adding Markstrom, I think they did all of the good additions that they needed to do this, this off season. Um, it's just more, can they figure it out themselves? And I hope that Markstrom will inspire some confidence in that top six forward group that, okay, we have a really, really good goalie back there. All we need to do is just put the puck in the net, but I guess time will tell. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with your comment that this might be the most balanced team on paper in the North Division. Um, you know, they added a Vesna caliber goalie in Markstrom, and anytime you do that, you like to think that you've put your team uh, further ahead. And I think he'll be able to. Uh, I think 
his real utility might be might be staving off some of their um, traditional inconsistency periods of inconsistency. So they'll have you know they're the Flames, right? They'll have their four or five six game stretch where they're not looking very good, and now they have a Vesna caliber goalie who should be able to steal a few of those games. So that should help. Mm-hmm. My opinion of the Flames has been the same for a long time. Um, I I don't know if they really have a true first forward line, and you know they've got some guys who when they're on they can certainly produce in the regular season, but they've to this point shown little to no evidence that they can put it together in the playoffs and drive possession and drive play in the playoffs, and that remains my concern with them. Yeah, I mean, oh sorry. No, go ahead. I think maybe the the North Division is what they need because they've certainly been. Um, you know, screwed over the last few years of matching up against Colorado and then having those types of players like McKinnon, who was just going to drive a line and, you know, dominate in the playoffs um, because it seems like Goudreau and Monaghan certainly go quiet in the big moments. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it seems like they've taken the spread the offense out approach so far at camp where we're seeing, you know, Tandems get split up with Lindholm, Kachuk, Monahan, Goudreau, and then back in the Hani is kind of your one, two, three. So if they've got the right complementary pieces, that, that might be a good approach. I think that giving Monahan and Goudreau some less five on five minutes might actually allow them to line up against more favorable uh, defensive forward groups, and that should help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do like their back end. I mean, I think that Uso Balamak is one of the most interesting prospects in hockey this year. Uh, he's likely going to start as their number five, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him wait, work himself uh, up into their top four. Um, you know, Giordano, uh, consistent, you know, with his increase in age, I mean, there's always the question mark of when will he start to fall off, but they've got some real depth on the left side if that happens this year. Um, and a lot of uh, very interesting depth pieces on the back end as well. You know, you've got Nesterov coming back into the NHL, you've got Connor Mackey, Alex Petrovic, so they, I think they've got some good depth on the back end. Yeah, I think they definitely have, um, you know, a, a battle for getting into that 5-6 pairing, which is certainly good. I think internal competition should help the Flames. But, yeah, really the big storyline for me is can they figure it out on their own? And, um, yeah, I think that's probably enough on the Flames. What about uh, What about the Winnipeg Jets? Well, the Jets, to me, I mean, I think that the Jets are, and you know, as I say, that's watched all turn around and win the division, but for me, the Jets are a team where their window, unfortunately, I think was open for a very brief amount of time, and, and they missed it. Uh, they lost a ton of depth on their blue line a couple of years ago, and they've made valiant attempts to, to replace that, but I just don't think their blue line's there. You know, the same way that McDavid is the best player in the world helps the Oilers, maybe stave off some of their warts. I think Halibut can do the exact same thing where they've got arguably the second best goaltender in the world, um, you know, between the pipes for them, but it's a shortened season. So you're probably going to uh, see more out of the backup goalie this year. And I just, I don't know if that defense for Winnipeg is going to be able to, to do it over the 56 games. They've got some really good dynamic pieces up front. Um, but I just, I, I worry about the, about the Jets back end but to me it's kind of the same thing with the Oilers where can their offense outscore their defense but the disadvantage for the Jets they don't have Connor McDavid yeah I mean 
I'll start in the back end because you had said Hellebuck is the second best goalie in the world, and I don't know. I think he's good. Obviously, he's coming off of a Vesna winning season, but it's not very often that we see goalies, you know, go back to back, replicating Vesna caliber performances. Um, like he's certainly going to be very important for them. I'd say for me, he's like a top five to seven kind of goalie in the league. Um, and I hope that I'm proven wrong. Like he's certainly a very, very good piece for them. If we move forward in their lineup, their defense, I just don't really think they have much there other than Josh Morrissey. And that's a humongous problem. Like they losing the key pieces on defense that they did in the last few seasons is I think going to prove fatal to this team. Like, yes, uh, they have quite a few dynamic forwards in Wheeler, Connor, Line, if he ends up staying there, um, Shifley, Ehlers, uh, Paul Stalley. They have lots of great scoring options, but I think the problem is really going to be, are those scoring options going to have the puck? Because I feel like they're going to be chasing teams a lot. And, you know, they just don't have the defense. And unless Connor Hallibuck can stand on his head for 56 games, I think they're, they're going to have a lot of problems. And they it drops off too. Like they have a great top six forward group and then their bottom six, I think there's also a lot of holes there. So to me, Winnipeg, there's a lot of problems and you're certainly right. Their window did, did close, I think, when they went to the conference finals that year, uh, a few seasons ago. I think that was their window. Yeah. All right, so if we continue our track out east and we, we land in the six... The Toronto Maple Leafs, what are your thoughts on the Leafs? Well, I think the Leafs are on paper, and we say this often, like on paper they always look really good and then they somehow manage to run into Boston or Columbus or Tampa or literally any team and mess it up. But maybe this is the year. I think Toronto on paper is the best team in this North Division. I think they have a really, really good forward group with their high-end talent. I think this offseason... They really did address their depth scoring with getting guys like Simmons, um, Joe Thornton, um, and like Spezza bringing him back. And I think having those veteran guys, like they're obviously hungry for winning a cup. None of the three guys that I just mentioned have won a cup. So perhaps that'll be some extra motivation to win. I think their defense has rounded out relatively well. It's not the best in this North Division in my mind, but I feel like they do have solid players there in Muzzin, Riley, and bring TJ Brody in at a sort of reasonable contract, albeit the term's a little bit long for his age. Um, and Frederick Anderson, like, he's in a contract year. He's going to want to prove that he can still be in the league for a while. Like, I think that this team, it's their division to lose. Um, what do you think? I, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, I, I think on paper they're probably the best team in the division at the outset. They should win the regular season, um, but it's the Leafs, and, and until they can prove that they can get over that hump in the playoffs, I, you know, I'll always have a, a little bit of pause there. Um, you know, really, really good forward group. I agree. I think their defense is infinitely better now than it was before. Although I still am not convinced. You know, bringing in TJ Brody's good, but I, I think in the same kind of it's the same risk that Tyson Berry is with Edmonton. T.J. 
TJ Brody showed with the Flames that when he's paired with a very um, well-rounded, responsible partner on the back end, on the pairing, he, he can play really well, and particularly when he's uh, exposed to more offensive zone starts. Um, but, you know, I, I worry just by some of the literature I read coming out of Toronto that people are thinking he's going to be something that he's not. I don't think he's a very well-rounded top pair defenseman. I think he's more of a uh, I think he can, he's obviously shown he can play on a top pair, but it, it needs to be with the right partner. So I think there's a little bit of risk there, but overall, um, I don't disagree. I think they're probably the best team on paper, and we'll see if they can put it together. You know, I think playing in the fishbowl that is Toronto can, uh, you know, they're probably the highest risk of things going wrong if they don't have a good start because we've got 56 games. And if they can't get going out of the gate, the, the pressure's going to mount early. It's going to be extreme. And I think a lot of people in all of the Canadian teams uh, this year are very hopeful because of the uh, division playing each other for the first two rounds of the playoffs. So if there is a year for a Canadian team to win the Cup, I mean, this is year, the year where we're guaranteed a one-in-four shot. Um, so I, uh, you know, we'll see. But I think one of the biggest storylines out of Toronto will be the acquisition of Joe Thornton. Olympic gold medalist uh, appears to be universally loved around the game and I, I think he's still got a little bit that he can give to offensively so I think that's going to be one of the big differences they have this year yeah no I think like I really hope that the Leafs can at least win a playoff round it'll do a world of good for that city but until they do it they they haven't done it for a while um, what about the other Ontario team, the Ottawa Senators? I guess it's very, very different, I imagine, than the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, are, are uh, you know, down on the Sens. They're a rebuilding club. They're of the seven Canadian teams. I don't know if anyone would disagree that they're the weakest of the seven on paper. But they've got a lot of very interesting pieces, uh, prospects both up front and on the back end. And I, my kind of overall prediction for the North Division is that it's going to be very tight from first through seven. I don't think we're going to have the point spread that you're going to see in other divisions. And I think that the Senators will be a better team than a lot of people think they will be, although I do predict they'll, you know, and we'll talk about this in a bit, but I do think they'll probably finish at the bottom of that division. But I think they'll be more competitive than a lot of people think. Uh, Matt Murray should help them out a lot. More dependable goaltending, and I think a lot of their young uh, players are going to take steps forward this year. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think this this North Division is going to be, and I, I really do think most of the divisions, quite frankly, are going to be a bit of a slaughterhouse in the sense that they're going to be really competitive, and you know, um, well, it's a graphic analogy that I use, but anyways. I think with the Sens, you have a lot of veterans that are on short deals that are going to want to perform as well as they can so that they can stay in the league. And then you have a lot of young guys who are trying to prove that, look, I'm an NHL player, like pay me to be an NHL player. Um, whether it's Kachuk, Logan Brown, Rudolph Balsers, um, like really everybody other than Thomas Shabbat on this team is nearing the end of a, of a contract. 
So I think with that combination, you're going to have a hardworking team that's going to show up every single night. But unfortunately, their talent really is, is lacking compared to the six other teams. And I think they won't make it easy for the other Canadian teams, but they're just sadly not good. And Ottawa, I've said this for the other teams, like I hope they prove me wrong. And I really, really do hope it for Ottawa more than the other seven Canadian teams. Like I hope that they at least finish like not at the bottom. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they really do have a lot of interesting young pieces. Um, so they will be a fun team to watch, and I hope that the other Canadian teams don't sleep on them. But I don't have a lot of hope for Ottawa. All right, so I'm more hopeful for them than you are. But uh, <laughs> all right, so we'll continue. We'll continue uh, now in land in Montreal. And uh, what are your thoughts on the Habs? All right. Well, I think with Carey Price, like he still in my mind is just an all-world kind of goaltender, and I think bringing in Jake Allen gives them the best uh, combination of uh, goaltending in the in not the league, the the North Division, perhaps in the league, but and I think really in this fifty-six game season, um, you're going to see the backup goalie playing an important role because you're going to have games where they're on back-to-back nights and perhaps you're going to have to rest your starter. So I think having a really, really good goaltending combination is going to prove to be really important for the Canadians. And I think they did bring in some decent scoring with Toffoli and uh, Froelich, Perry. Like, they brought in some good forward pieces. Um... The one signing that I really don't understand was the Josh Anderson signing. That, to me, I think Max Domi in Columbus, they won that trade, but we'll see. And I think their defense is pretty average. So I think they should be a above-average team in this North Division. But, yeah, that Josh Anderson signing just makes no sense to me. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, just on the Anderson, the, the trade specifically, I mean, it's not the first time we've seen Montreal move a dynamic young player with, with some personality. And, you know, I, I don't know if there were uh, undercurrents relating to, to the locker room that uh, maybe hastened that trade. But on paper, um, I, I think Columbus won that trade. And then I think that the subsequent signing of Anderson is questionable. And He's shown that he's a good young player, but at the end of the day, I mean, he had major injury issues last year, and I just, I, I don't know, um, you know, he's, he's got a lot of pressure on him going forward this year, and, and we'll see what he can do. Change of scenery, new environment. With respect to the team overall, I, I don't think I disagree with anything that he said. I mean, Price and Allen, that's going to be a really, really, really good goaltending tandem in a shortened 56-game season with a lot of back-to-backs. Um, that, you know, your, your tandem's going to be important, so I think Montreal has an advantage there over a lot of the teams in this division. Uh, the defense isn't really anything to write home about, but there it's also arguably a defense that doesn't have any major glaring issues. Uh, you know, Shea Weber can stay healthy. Uh, he's certainly got the potential to continue to contribute both offensively and defensively. And their their offensive group, I think adding Tyler Toffoli will be uh, will be a big addition for them. I, I think he'll really help. And uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, you 
know, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes here with ranking them, but I, I think that they're probably going to be a bubble team in this division where they're either just going to miss or just make it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that a lot of fans in Montreal will be excited to watch this team play. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and we'll get to the rankings in a second. And I just wanted to say this. I think bringing Tyler Toffoli in, 4.25, the four-year deal, like he's proven that he can score. But Josh Anderson, one goal last season, albeit he only played in 26 games. But then you hand him a seven-year deal, I oh, it just blows my mind. But anyway, let's get to the, the rankings. Um, yeah, why don't you take it away? What do you think this division's going to look like first to worst? So I'll, I'll cover off just first with what I was saying earlier. I think that this is going to be the closest division of the four, um, with a, probably the least point spread between first and seventh. So I, I think it's going to be a knife fight in a phone booth for all 56 <laughs> games. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really exciting hockey to watch. But ranking the teams, uh, I, I'm going to go with the Leafs first. I, I expect them to win the division over the course of the regular season, although I don't necessarily maintain that for the playoffs, but I think they'll come in first. Uh, I'm going to be maybe a little bit bold based on what you think of uh, Vancouver, but I'm, I'm going to take Vancouver second. Um, and, and the, you know, I, was, I have a bit of, I, I've been having a bit of a problem predicting two through five, but because uh, I think it'll be so close. But I'm going to go Vancouver two, Calgary three, Edmonton four, which might surprise some people, but I, I really think that goaltending Canada is going to be a problem for them. Uh, Montreal five, I think they're going to be really close with Edmonton, but for me, Connor McDavid makes the difference there, as does Drysaddle. Uh, and then for me, six and seven are I think going to be really close too. I, I'm going to go Winnipeg six, Ottawa seven, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ottawa uh, finish in six. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No, you're definitely we're not on the same page for the Canucks, but I'll I'll get there in a second. And I do agree with your points that this is going to be a really Really close, really close division. Um, I have Toronto number one as well. I think that they really on paper should should do this and perhaps should win a round, but they are the Leafs. Number two, I have the Oilers. You mentioned the McDavid factor. I think the McDavid factor is a bigger factor than what you're thinking it will be. I think he'll get them to the second, second uh, spot in the division. Then I have the Flames. And for me, I have the Montreal Canadiens as the fourth team. I think their goaltending tandem will get them into um, the the playoffs. Fifth, I have the Canucks. I just don't think they have enough, and I don't think their young guys will pull it off. Um, then I have Winnipeg for the problems that we've kind of mentioned already, and then sadly I have the Senators. They will. They just won't be good enough, I think, compared to the other teams in this division. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps up where our thoughts are of the North Division. Um, what about some other storylines around the league that you perhaps are going to follow this year or that you're really curious to see on the other three divisions? Sure, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to um, The first one for me is how much of a feast can the Vegas Golden Knights and the Avalanche have in the division that they're in? I mean, I think most people would agree that the two juggernauts in the West overall um, and there are a lot of rebuilding teams in the West Division or teams that are fringe bubble teams 
say maybe with the exception of St. Louis, are probably closer to Vegas and Colorado than they are the rest of the division. But I think the same way I think the North Division will be the tightest spread first to seven, I think the West Division might be the biggest spread first through seven, or first through eight. Because um, I just I, I think that Colorado and Vegas are going to be able to beat up on a lot of teams in that division over the course of the season. And my second storyline is what I think will be the, uh, the the big story out of the East, which is going to be how tight I think the East division will be. You've got a lot of very good teams there who are not only playoff contenders, but really can uh, be seen as Stanley Cup contenders. And I think you've got a few up-and-coming up teams. You know, the Islanders performed pretty well last year. I think the Sabres are going to look radically different this year and, and play a lot better. Um, and, you know, other than the doubles, I, I think every team in that division is going to be really, really competitive. So I think that'll be an interesting division to watch. What about you? Yeah, so I'll do, uh, I guess, a traditional East team story and the traditional West one. So for me, look at the East teams. Um, I'm curious, like, what the hell are the Buffalo Sabres going to be this year? Like, they've tried albeit I don't know if they've really tried too hard to surround Jack Eichel with, you know, a team that can sort of compete to get to the playoffs, but bringing in a guy like Taylor Hall on a one-year deal, it's, it's kind of risky for him, but I, I'm curious, like, can they keep up in this division? Can they, like, make a push for the playoffs, or are they just going to really suck as they've kind of done the last few years? I, I'm really curious to see what Buffalo can do. I don't, I just, I, that's a team that kind of confuses me, to be honest. I'm not really sure what they are. And looking here at their, their signing, like Jeff Skinner's there for a long time. So hopefully they can, for a lot of money too, like hopefully they can do something to justify that contract. And then moving out West, I think, I think the Colorado Avalanche are starting to get to a point where like their window is not closing but they need to do something like make a run. And I think this could be the season for them. So the question I have is, will this be the season that the Colorado Avalanche can get to at least the conference finals? Because sooner rather than later, they're going to have to pay McKinnon, Landis Cog, um, Kale McCarr. Like they're going to have a lot of money on their books at some point. So they're going to really have to you know, do something before that happens. Otherwise they're going to have to move pieces. So I'm curious to see if Colorado can finally get over the hump. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Colorado, I, I think this very well could be their year. They've got a tremendous depth up front. They've got one of the best players in the world with Nathan McKinnon. They've got good back end depth, uh, you know, watching Bo Byron in the world juniors. I think he's going to play for Colorado this season in their top six. And I think he's going to, a good depth piece, and Kael McCarr should continue his ascent. Um, you know, their goaltending I wouldn't call strong, but I, I don't think it's really a point of weakness either. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I, I think the big advantage they have is just is playing in that division. I I think that they're going to be able to eat up a lot of those other teams. Should be Vegas, Colorado, or Colorado Vegas is the one two. Um, and uh, that second round battle in that division, I think, might be one of the most entertaining playoff series we get to see this year. Yeah. All right. Well, one final question, then we'll wrap up this episode. Um, 
And I realized this, it's kind of a, a risky thing picking in January who's going to win the Stanley Cup. But who do you have, I guess, perhaps in the finals? And who do you have winning the Cup this year? Well, the, the Canadian in me wants to say that this is the year. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I looking at it right now, I'm, I'm going to pick the Colorado Avalanche. I think they were close last year, and I think that they're going to be able to, to put it together and do it. In terms of who comes out of the East, I, I mean, I'll pick someone because yes, but I think it's an absolute crapshoot at this point. Um, but I'll be I'll, I'll be somewhat bold, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the the Washington Capitals. Interesting. Come out of the East this year, you know, I think Chara will actually be. I think he'll end up being quite the addition and give him a give him a bit more depth. And Obi's not getting any younger, and uh, you know I, I think they'll be a pretty good team. Yeah, no, I think Colorado. This I think they they perhaps learn some things from uh, the last bubble that perhaps they can adapt to this year. So very preliminary. I'm going to pick them. I feel like it's a safe choice too. Like nobody's going to really question. Oh, Colorado. But that's the team that I have coming out of the West. And then I think I'm going to go to another sort of popular team out East, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I feel like their veteran group, they've won playoff games before, and I think they'll get there. And, hell, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins will win the Cup this year. Very, very interesting pick. Yeah. It might change. It might change very quickly. But right now, as it stands, I think Sidney Crosby will get four rings, and uh, that'll be that. I just also didn't want to pick the same team as you. so. But, yeah, I'm just happy that we have hockey back. We can talk about it. Um, it's going to be an exciting season, hopefully without too many hitches. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having the games back. So yeah, in our next episode of Hello Hockey, we're going to sort of break down some of the, the contracts, whether they were RFAs, UFAs, and then perhaps we'll give more of a um, look at both the player position and the team position on how they addressed this whole pandemic. So we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. All right. Sounds good.